The Bible. It's the Word of God, sharper than any two-edged sword. This sacred book is living and active and contains all that's needed for life and godliness. Stay with American Family Radio for the next hour as we study God's Word and take your Bible questions. Welcome to Exploring the Word. Thank you for listening to Exploring the Word as we finish up the book of Proverbs. Uh, Proverbs has these 31 chapters, and as I've said, uh, it'd be good to read a proverb a day, and uh, that would be very helpful. And uh, like whatever day of the month it is, you read it. Now, if you like February and 28, that leaves three of them unread, but you could do that anyway. But we do welcome you to Exploring the Word. This is Bert Harper. And Dr. Alex McFarland is unable to be with us today. We need to be praying for Alex. Uh, since he started traveling back, it seems like the traveling experience has gotten a little bit more difficult, and he wasn't able to get to his points today that he needed to so he could broadcast. So we have a very special co-host today that we're looking forward to working with, and and her her name is Jan Harper. Welcome, Jan. Thank you. <laughs> and uh, if you recognize that last name, that's uh, that's this is my wife. You've heard uh, Alex and I talk about our wives. Alex's wife is Angie. Mine is Jan. And uh, Jan and I we do work together quite a bit with our fishbowl uh, retreat that we do. We do marriage conferences, and and so it's it's a joy to have her with me today. And Jan, as we look at Proverbs 31, uh, it's basically divided up into two parts real quickly. The first few verses is a woman uh, telling her son, who is the king, to avoid certain things. And then we get to the main part that most folks think about when they think of uh, Proverbs 31, the virtuous woman, and that is in verse 10. So we're going to look at that and think through that today, and we hope it will be a blessing to you. Let me just tell you, at the end of the segment, we used to take questions. Well, today uh, we're still wanting phone calls, but today we're going to take prayer requests because when we get through looking at Proverbs 31 and and we think about the wives and the mothers and the children, uh, we just felt like today would be a good day to just look at that and look at the family and for a prayer request, so we're going to do that. But before we get started, Jan, I wanted you to tell us a little bit about our children, and uh, we've uh, I've talked to them and referred to them. Tell them uh, the children and daughter-in-laws and grandchildren. Okay, it's Nathan and Rachel, and then Matthew and Billy. And um, first of all, Nathan and Rachel have three children. Um, finally, got a girl after having three sons. So we had a granddaughter first, and then we had four grandsons. And so, um, after Matthew and Billy, then we have Micah and Jennifer, and they have two sons. And, and uh, we love them, and we know now why they're called grand, and I, I've talked about it all the time. makes me proud that I, I didn't do something to my sons while I was raising them. You know, we got these grandchildren, and we are thankful for them. The other thing I wanted to talk a little bit about before we dig into Chapter 31 is Fishbowl Retreat. It's coming up in October. We haven't got it all finalized yet, but we're working on that. But Fishbowl's been around for quite some time. We've Since we've been here at AFR and AFA, we've done the Fishbowl Retreat each year. One year we did two and uh, because of the number of people who wanted to attend. 
And, and Jan, we started this about 20 years ago, and it was your idea because you knew how difficult it was to be a, a minister's, especially a pastor's wife. And uh, that was your heart, and uh, I appreciate you doing that. And so uh, Fishbowl was really your idea. Well, I did tell you about it. I, I remember um, one of our earlier churches, I was just a young pastor's wife. I think I was in my early 20s. <laughs> and so I, I, I remember ta- talking to you and telling you that I wish there was some place I could go that I could get some support because I did not know anymore who I was and what I was supposed to be doing and what I didn't have to do that I thought I had to do. Uh, All I had was you to tell me things, and I wasn't sure if you knew. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you knew me well, so you didn't know if I'd tell you right or wrong. I would try to tell you right, but, you know, we, we viewed that in... But you came up with the idea, and you shared that with me one day. Yeah. I said, you know, I feel like we're living in a fishbowl and that I need help. And as we got older, we started noticing other ministers and their wives, and they seemed to feel the same way. So we started, uh, our first one was with uh, young pastors and their wives, and um, the money was all paid for for them. Matter of fact, Don Wildman, who was president, of 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 AFA at that time, he gave scholarship money so those pastors and wives could come, not knowing that years later I would be at AFR in AFA and continuing doing fishbowl. Right. And so it really went well. We really got close to those couples, three days, two nights. And yes. We we great. limited the numbers then. It was nine couples that we would have, and that way we could just talk with them individually. And we've kept it, you know, small, not that small, but we, we're not looking for hundreds of couples because we're really wanting to know them. And it works best that way, doesn't it? Yes, it does. And so the fishbowl retreat, you'll hear more about it. It's coming up in October. And so we're praying that that would go well for you and uh, hope that you'll be listening and we'll get word out real soon about how you can be a part. But in Proverbs 31, verse one, it tells us of a new person, and he. this is the only place in the Bible where he is mentioned, the words of King Lemuel. Now, there's some debate on who he was. A lot of people think he was a Gentile. Uh, matter of fact, an Ishmaelite, but he had, his mother had taught him well, and uh, so she talks to him and tells, listen. Now, in, in the version that I'm reading from, the New King James Version, it says, what, my son? But in a lot of versions, it'll say, and, and there's some play on words here, listen, my son, listen, the son of my womb, listen, the son of my vows. Now, notice the vows she had taken, and uh, she had promised. I could not help Jan but think uh, about Hannah when she gave birth to Samuel. She'd made that vow that this son would be given to the Lord. And so this woman, some kind of vow was made, and notice the two things that she warns her son concerning that can be a detriment. I didn't say were, but could be, and she gives him warning that they could destroy leaders. Now, here it says kings, and uh, so these two both start with W in our English language, and the first one is listening to verse 3. Do not give 
your strength to women, nor your ways to that which destroys kings. In other words, don't be drawn aside. Now, in that day, if you were a king, it was thought of you to have a harem. And she is saying, warning him against such an idea. Uh, That wasn't God's idea. God uh, permitted it to happen to the rulers there. That shouldn't happen. But as Jesus said in the New Testament, that's not the way it was in the beginning. One man, one woman. And here the, the mother sees the downfall of that and says, don't do that. Don't build up your uh, strength thinking of all of these allegiances you could have with the different women. And so that's the first one. And the second one is found in verse 4 and following. Uh, it is not for kings, O Lemuel. It is not for kings to drink wine nor the princes intoxicating drink lest they drink and forget the law and pervert the justice of all the afflicted. Now, again, he gives this warning. Do not. The Bible condemns drunkenness straight out. But the Bible also demonstrates the fear of of even using the wine and alcohol, and that is the case here. So uh, the mother of Lemuel says, uh, do not drink wine and then the more uh, even greater intoxicating uh, beverages, the intoxicating drinks, don't drink them. Notice the reason why, Jan, as we're reading this in verse 5, to pervert the justice of the afflicted. Now, two things happen. The women and the wine would both, uh, the, the number of women and the harem that he would have, would cause him and not be able to make good judgment. That happened with Solomon. As Solomon grew in power and he would take on other wives to make him politically and geographically more powerful and have peace, his heart was drawn away. And so I I believe this is a a great verse to have at the end of the book of Proverbs because we know what happened to Solomon, and Solomon was the main writer of the Proverbs. And so don't they do not need to pervert justice, but it gives its purpose here. Give strong drink to him who is perishing, dying, uh, and wine to those who have bitter of heart. In other words, uh, there is a reason, and each one of these is medicinal, therefore medical purposes. It's not just to enjoy and 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 just have it as a beverage that is for fun. Let them drink and forget his poverty and remember his misery no more. And so the whole idea here is it has its purpose. Uh, We had a call just the other day about marijuana and the usage of it and medical. If we, and the biggest word I can say is if, if we could uh, have enough justice and enough judgment to know how to give these in ways that would be helpful it would be good, but man seems to pervert that. Uh, and that goes back to verse 5. They pervert the justice. They pervert the use of using alcohol, of any other kind of, of uh, I would say, plant or the product of those plants to use it wisely. And so let him drink and forget his poverty. It gives its purpose for it. Open your mouth for the speechless in the cause of all who are appointed to die. Be on their side. Be the kind of a king that would help them. 
Open your mouth, judge righteously, and plead the cause of the poor and needy. The Verse 9 makes it plain. As leaders, we need to be mindful of the poor and needy. In the New Testament, the New Testament church, uh, it is required for them to look for the orphans and the widows. They were the forgotten ones in our day. I think for us today, we still are looking for those who are are hurting, those that are downtrodden. Uh, that's why the unborn is so important to us because they are defenseless, and we would raise that flag in defense of them. So open your mouth and judge righteously. Now notice what that means. It means take a public stand. There's a time to speak out. Uh, you know, that's what Ecclesiastes would say. There's a time to speak and a time not to speak. And as king, as a leader, it's time to speak and open your mouth for righteousness, for that which is good. That's why the pulpits of America need to cry out for for righteousness uh, concerning marriage between a man and a woman, faithfulness and not premarital sex, but but be strong and 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 a man and a woman. <clears throat> the idea of 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 uh, two same-sex marriages, so-called same-sex marriage. We need to be strong in love to speak and say, no, we plead their case because it's good. And then they make the transition, and that's what we're going to look at when we come back in the second segment, <clears throat> is the virtuous woman, the wise woman. And I've asked Jan to share with us her thoughts on that. So you're going to be blessed. So in the next segment, set your timer. Make sure you can listen and listen to what God's Word says about the virtuous woman but how we can be a part of it. Thank you for listening to Exploring the Word. This is Pause to Pray, a chance each day to stop down from the daily noise of life and pray for our country's leaders. Today, we pray for Nancy Pelosi, Speaker of the House in the United States House of Representatives. She represents her home district in the state of California and also helps lead our country on a national level as House Speaker. Philippians 2.3 reminds us of the qualities of a good leader. Do nothing from rivalry or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Right now, with this in mind, let's pray together. Almighty God, we ask for guidance for Nancy Pelosi in her role as Speaker of the House. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Pause to Pray is the service of this station and the Presidential Prayer Team. Get your 2022 prayer guide and make this the year of prayer. Available now at pausetopray.org. Lots of people want Jesus as their Savior. Not quite as many want Him as Lord. Dr. Tony Evans says there's a vital difference between the two. Tell us more about it today as we spend two minutes with Tony. How do you know whether you have made the Lordship decision? How do you, how do you know that? How do you measure that? Because anybody can say, Jesus is Lord of my life. So let me tell you how Jesus says you can know whether the Lordship issue has been addressed in your life. In Luke 6, 46, he says this. How do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say? How do you use the term and you call me Lord, and then you telling me you're doing something opposite to what I say? 
I say this about a man, you saying something else. I say this about a woman, you say something else. I say this about marriage, you say something else. I say this about finances, you say something else. Yeah, I keep saying what I say, and you keep coming up with all this stuff you say. And then going to call me Lord? He says, how do you call me Lord, Lord, and don't do what I say? If I'm Lord, that means you are Justin. We live in a world where Christians are asking God to adjust so we can make folk happy in the culture. Sure, we ought to be sensitive. Sure, we ought to be kind, compassionate, loving. To not do that is also not to do what he says. But you do not do that by jettisoning truth to placate a society that has already rejected your Savior. If you need to do a spiritual about face, You'll find the help you're looking for in Dr. Evans' CD series, Divine Reset, available online at TonyEvans.org. Then join us next time for Two Minutes with Tony. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to His great mercy, He has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. 1 Peter 1.3. American Family Radio. Welcome back to Exploring the Word on American Family Radio. Welcome back to Exploring the Word. This is Bert Harper. Again, uh, Dr. Alex McFarlane, unable to be with us today, travel difficulties, and need to pray for him as he's traveling all across, and uh, a lot of the, the weather has something to do with it, the number of flights that, uh, you know, they're fewer than they were, and so we need to be praying for him because the heart of evangelist, that's Alex. But we have as our co-host today my wife, Jan, and uh, I've asked her to come and share with us. And Proverbs 31 and starting verse 10 is what Proverbs 31 is known for. And that is the wise woman or the virtuous woman. And uh, just to set this up, uh, these verses that you have are based on the 22 letters in the Hebrew alphabet. And this is an acrostic. It starts with the first and goes to the last. There are several psalms that are like that. And then the writer of Proverbs here in 31, he uses that technique. A lot of people thought he was doing it, and I believe that's so, Jan, so they could memorize them. In other words, they could start with the first letter and go to the last letter, and they could each one of these would start in such a manner that would help them to memorize that. So that's a, a memory technique that was used then and even is used now. So it says in verse 10, who can find a virtuous woman? Now, that's the whole idea And looking. Uh, now, again, this is a king, his mother. We don't know exactly how these tie in. We don't know uh, if they, this was an appendage that was added because it was talking about making wise choices, but it is a great way to end Proverbs 31, which is uh, looking at a book. In other words, most of Proverbs, Jan, is a man talking to his son, similar to what Solomon would do. And we use the illustration about a man walking 
and just sharing these thoughts with his sons. Well, this chapter 31 reverses that, and it's a woman who is sharing her thoughts for her son. And I'm so thankful you're on today because I've asked you, as we read Proverbs 31, that you share what you look at that and your thoughts concerning it. And I've asked you to, and and you do this, you do it from a script, and, and I've asked you to write that down and share it with us today. Would you mind doing that? Okay, this is kind of how how it went this morning. I was cleaning out my refrigerator, <laughs> and Alex texts and says he can't be on, so Bart asked me, and of course, my first answer was definitely no, because <laughs> I don't do this. But anyway, just bear with me. I did write down my my thoughts as um, after he told me that he would like for me to do this. So. Well, I want to say publicly, thank you. <laughs> I am out of my comfort zone. But um, when I think of the virtuous woman, my mind does automatically go to Proverbs 31. Um, she, I've always thought of her as she was not just virtuous, she was perfect. <laughs> <laughs> now, that's a woman's thought uh, of it. Oh, okay. definitely. Okay. Um, you know, the word virtuous basically means behavior showing high moral standards, and it's having moral excellence. So excellence is different than perfect. But uh, I guess because she does so many things well that I don't do. Um, but anyway, there's another lady in Scripture named Dorcas that I think of. Uh, she also, it, it says that this woman works with her hands, sewing and giving to the poor. So I think many times women today do look at just that one quality and feel like they cannot even begin to be a virtuous woman because they cannot sew. Uh, that would be me. I took home economics in high school, and I do not remember my grade, but I did not feel like at the end of that course that anyone would ever want anything I sewed, whether they were desperate for clothes or not. I know I never wore the dress I made. (laughs) Um, It was nothing but a bad memory for me. And this was in the 10th grade, and, and when I would take my stitching to the teacher to show her what I had just sewed on the machine, I remember her saying in very short, forceful sentences, take it out, take it out. So I would go back to my sewing machine and take all my hard work out and then go back to her for further instructions. And she would say, sew it again. Well, I never knew what I was supposed to be doing because when I would go to her again, she would only say, take it out, take it out. I, being frustrated, would take it out, which was so uh, no easy task. It was very hard to take all those stitches out. But that's all I remember about my, about my sewing days, taking it out and sewing it again. Obviously, it was never good enough. I did finish that ugly dress finally. <laughs> it was ugly to me by that time, and I hated sewing for the rest of my life. So I was thankful for the fact that I had all boys, and they did not need me to sew for them. I believe our youngest son was the one who started the trend of wearing holes in the knees of the jeans. He didn't mind the holes, and I didn't patch them. He was happy with the holes. So when the jeans were too, their jeans were too long, instead of hemming them, I would just glue or tape them to the right length. Do you think God would consider that to be okay when thinking about the virtuous woman? Well, I was willingly doing it. Even when they wanted their jeans tight rolled and pinned, I did that as well. Now, wait a minute. Mark your place. (laughs) People don't know what tight rolled is. Back in the late 80s and early 90s, uh, they had this, and it was jeans. They would roll them up. Now, when I was being a young man, now I'm talking about young, not a teenager, but a child, you would make cuffs, but these are rolled, 
and uh, they were real tight at the bottom. Yeah, so you, you ha- we had to learn to tight roll, right? Right. You would cuff them and then hold them to the right real tight and pin them and then roll them one more time. And they wanted <clears throat> it done that way. Go ahead, Jen. <laughs> so not only could I not sew, I did not ever um you know, go as far as merchant ships do to get our food. So that's another strike against me. I did not have to get up at night to fix our food for the next day because we finally got a microwave, and that made breakfast really fast to prepare on school days. And we had our oldest son who loved cereal, so that really made it easy. In fact, we used it as punishment. (laughs) We had a chore chart, and if they didn't do their chores... One of the things was you didn't get cereal that afternoon at, when you came home from school. <laughs> and everybody would come by, and they would see that sh- uh, chart. They would laugh at that, and I yeah. said, it really was the most effective one we had. <laughs> they loved their cereal. But anyway, in uh, verse 17, it says she strengthens her arms. Well, I did carry laundry up and down the basement stairs for 17 years, and I wondered, would that count? Uh, with having chronic fatigue syndrome, laundry was not a tireless task. So when I would read strength and honor or her clothing, I usually got hung up on the word strength because just going to all of the church meetings and sports activities of my sons and trying to do so much laundry, preparing meals and helping with homework, life was just hard sometimes. It says she opens her mouth with wisdom. Well, I did if I was sharing scripture or sharing songs I made up to help the boys learn a scripture verse or reading them devotional books on their level. God's word tells us in Proverbs 9:10 that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And if we want wisdom, he tells us that we must ask God for it. James 1:5 says, "If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. Ask in faith without doubting. If we doubt, we will not receive anything from the Lord." So, as long as I was reading from God's word, I was sharing wisdom with my children. But I also remember other things I said that were not so full of wisdom. Sometimes our son would want to practice driving in our church's empty parking lot. One day, our middle son talked me into letting him get behind the wheel of our car so he could try driving. My wise words were, okay, you can drive, but just don't ever take your foot off the brake. Did you go anywhere? Uh, No. (laughs) He did much better with you when you taught him (laughs) than with his nervous mom. But as a wife and mother, I can remember all of the things I did that were not as perfect as the Proverbs 31 woman sounds. Not only was I not able to sew for my family, but even driving to our local grocery store, walking the aisles as I selected the food, reading labels, checking, checking out, loading it into the car, and unloading it and putting it away made me tired. How did that woman go so far to bring her family food? I think if I were opening up a restaurant today, I know this sounds silly, but I think I would name it Afar so that a mother could say she had gotten her family's food from afar. <laughs> In verse 26, though, I do notice that something that we all can try to do. On her tongue is the law of kindness. She watches over the ways of her household. It gets harder to show kindness when the kids get older and smart enough to challenge your words. And as the kids get old enough to drive and leave the house for a few hours not knowing what is going on in their lives, it can also be difficult. If we have a sense that something isn't quite right in our child's life, we do not need to sit idly by and do nothing. We first need to pray for God's direction and for him to reveal truth to us. We should go to his word because he wrote it, and he knows everything that's in it. And then we need to obey what he tells us to do. 
we as women, even if we can't sew or travel long distances for food, we can fear the Lord as it tells us in verse 30. When I look at the women in the Bible that God mentioned, Lydia was one of them. She was a seller of purple. She was a businesswoman. And Priscilla worked alongside her husband in ministry. But when I pay special attention to the woman that God chose, actually handpicked to be the mother of his son, I am in awe of Mary. She was human, but the angel addressed her as highly favored one. And he told her that the Lord is with you, and he called her blessed. He said, blessed are you among women. She had a heart for God. She was troubled, though, at the angel's saying. And he responded, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Can we even imagine how that felt to be told that she had found favor with the King of Kings and Lord of Lords? She had found favor with the creator of the world. The one who created her is finding favor with her. Then this young girl who had just been praised and been told not to be afraid showed courage as she asked this messenger a question. She asked, how can this be since I do not know a man? The angel instructed her on how it would happen and her immediate response was amazing to me. Behold, the maidservant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. Now, I can think of other things she might have said next, like, Are you sure I'm the one? Because you know how they will talk in this town, and you know Joseph will have reason to disown me, and you know this is going to be so unbelievable, and I will experience scorn from my friends and my neighbors. No, she was willing to be scorned in order to be the Lord's servant, as she said, be it unto me according to your word. Wow, she recognized God's word because she had a heart for him. She had a servant's heart, and she found favor with the God she served. Another woman's story we find in Genesis shows a little different kind of heart. In Genesis 3.20, Adam says he named her Eve because she was the mother of all living. What an opportunity to be given that title and position. She had it made. She lived in a beautiful garden with her one and only, and she did not have to worry about anything. Her strong husband worked the land, and she had all her needs met. But just like today, the enemy tempted her to want more. He tempted her in the same way he tempts so many wives and mothers today. He tempted her to doubt God. Sadly, Adam sat passively by as he watched Eve give in to the temptation, and then he gave it into it as well. So many have bought into the lie that if they could just divorce the guy they have married and find one that has more riches or prestige or whatever is a temptation for them, that they will be happy. They seem to feel it is worth disrupting the lives of their children over so that by doing this, their children will benefit more from the higher lifestyle. She doesn't seek God and wait for him to change her heart. They want what they want, and they want it now. And sadly, so many dads are in grief as they watch their children from a distance. These women don't even seem to want a good dad in their child's life because to them, a good dad will give them things with a price tag. But that's not real love. Real love is spending time with your child and taking the opportunity to influence your child to obey God and to live for him. So many of these moms today who have believed the lie are even trying to keep the child from their good dad who truly loves them. They don't fear God and they don't ask him for his wisdom. They do what it says in Proverbs. The foolish woman tears down her own home with her own hands. I have seen women in church do this, and they wipe their mouth and say they have done no wrong. Their children are the ones paying a high price. Sadly, some women equate money or things with love. 
they don't realize that God is love, and he is the one that they should live for, even when at the time they do not feel like it. So the thing I see about the Proverbs 31 woman, that that is that the heart of her husband safely can trust her. She does him good and not evil all the days of her life. She cares about helping others. She's kind and watches over her children and the household, and she is wise because she fears the Lord. It matters to her what he wants from her, and she is willing to forget her desires to accomplish the desires of the Lord, which in the long run will bring her joy, because she will one day be praised by the one that truly matters. Jan, thank you. I uh, That is a perspective that neither Alex nor I could have expressed. I appreciate that. When you look at this woman, she was a good woman, just Mm-hmm. The female, she was a good woman. She worked. She considered others. Uh, she had strength, but she was also a good wife. It says she will do good to him all of his days. The heart of her husband trust in her. What a statement that is. They trust one another. What a blessing that is in a marriage. And her husband is known. She helps him in his uh, 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 his vocation. She's a good mother. She takes care of her children. She clothes them. And she's a good neighbor. She even had time to help with the poor. Now, let me say this, Jan. I looked at this up, and most of the commentaries I read says this was not talking about one woman. It was the writer taking the best virtues of all the women That's that great. he and put them together. <laughs> does that help a uh, little? It does. It does. <laughs> I don't think any of us quite measure up to all that we could be, but this is a good pattern to be a good woman, be a good wife, being a good mother, and being a good neighbor. You can do that without doing all that. Hey, we're going to take phone calls, but the phone calls today are for prayer. Some of you mothers and even dads, you're praying for your children, you're praying for your spouse. Call us. We want to pray with you today here. And that number, 888-589-8840. A drinking spree that leads to a fatal accident. Surely nothing good can come out of that scenario. But God offers redemption from the wreckage we make of our lives. Matthew Marr, no relation to the singer, knows firsthand because he's lived it. His testimony is a roller coaster ride of success, hopelessness, and God's overwhelming grace. You can read his incredible story, Wreckage to Redemption, in the March edition of The Stand, formerly the AFA Journal. Sign up today at afa.net slash the stand. I refer to your part-time jobs as what you do outside of your home, outside of your family, to generate an income for your family. Your full-time job is what you do within your family. We're on the go consistently, people are hustling, trying to get it. And I just want to remind everybody to whoa, 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 pump the brakes, make sure that we are not neglecting our families in the process. Tune in to the Hamilton Quarter, weekdays at 5 p.m. Central on American Family Radio. Show up at your full-time job, ready to work. <laughs> And seeing in the distance a fig tree in leaf, he went to see if he could find anything on it. When he came to it, he found nothing but leaves, for it was not the season for figs. My name is Abraham Hamilton III, and this is the Hamilton Minute. From a distance, the fig leaves gave Jesus the impression that there was fruit on the tree. Upon closer inspection, the tree was fruitless. Perfect church attendance and ministry activity cannot replace actual Christ-like fruit produced in our lives. From a distance, it can appear as though we're bearing fruit, but what would we find with a closer look? Are we content 
with fruitful appearance or do we yearn for the real thing? Listen each weekday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for The Hamilton Corner with Abraham Hamilton III, public policy analyst for the American Family Association. This is Dr. Stephen Rummage with today's Moving Forward Minute. Hebrews 12, verses 1 and 2 says, Run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus. Police instructors have a secret for testing a trainee's ability to focus. An instructor will unexpectedly put a squeaky rubber chicken up to the student's ear. It's funny, but the trainee is required to focus despite the distraction and maintain composure. For a police officer, that can be a matter of life or death. Satan dangles distractions in front of us to remove our focus from Jesus Christ. Don't let anything, even a good thing, distract you from Jesus and his desire for your life. Fix your gaze on Jesus. Your life depends on it. For more resources, visit movingforwardradio.org. Join me every Sunday morning at 830 Central for Moving Forward right here on AFR. here with you without Alex. Alex has had travel issues today, and our guest host today is my wife, Jan, and uh, we we talked about what to do today in place of uh, answering questions. We decided we'd make it a day of prayer. We do that ever so often, and many times, even when we're asking questions, people call in for prayer. So we thought we would make today a day of prayer. Tonight, for a lot of churches, it's prayer time, and they meet at churches and pray. And so we're doing that today on Exploring the Word. So we're going to go to the phone calls today, and we're looking forward to hearing from you. And again, we'll, we may go over these real, real quickly, that number, and I gave it quickly, but let me give it again, 888 Our first caller today is from Iowa, and it's Barb. Barb, welcome. Hi, thank you so much. Um, I'm calling to ask for prayer for my, actually my youngest daughter, she's 27, and although she was raised in the church, she has become very, very liberal, and we, we, we have a great relationship on a very superficial level because we don't agree on really much of anything. Um, I was told that she is not in my heart field, so my... My responsibility is to just pray for her. And what I pray for is whoever's harvest field she is in, that the Lord bring that person up alongside her soon because my heart is just breaking on a regular basis. Barb, we're going to pray, and uh, we'll find out. And we're praying for 27. Those of you that are listening, if you could write the name uh, Barb's daughter down and pray for her. Jan, we want to pray for her. And I think she's right, that advice, that that field of influence, uh, part of your prayer is bring people into her life that will speak to her. Right. And uh, so, Jan, would you mind praying for, for Barb's daughter today? Okay. Dear Father, we just come to you thanking you that we can come to you with our burdens. And, Father, we just pray for Barb right now. We understand uh 
children that are going in a direction that we know is harmful for them. And Father, I do pray that, um, as Barb said, that um, there will be some people come alongside her that that uh, can influence her better than a mom can at this point. And Father, I know that Barb's praying for her, but we ask you, Lord, that you will bring just the right people with uh, alongside her and uh, plant seeds. The seeds have been planted because she grew up in a Christian home, Father, but pray that you'll bring people there that can um, restate all of those things, Father. And uh, a lot of times we'll hear it from our peers sometimes at a certain age. So, Father, we do pray that you will just get the glory for this, and that's what we do pray, Lord, that in all things you will get be glorified in this prayer and this answer to prayer and your timing. We know we have to have patience and wait on you, and we do pray for this in Jesus' name. Yeah. Thank you, Jan. Let's go to Kentucky. Mary Ann, welcome. Hi. Um, I would like to ask for prayer for my daughter. Um, she's in the eighth grade. She's 13 and going through a lot of hormonal changes and friends in and out of her life um, because of her faith in God. Uh, she's been made fun of at school, and I pray all the time that anyone that is not of him right now will be removed from her past, and it seems to be happening that way, but I just want to pray for strength for her while she's going through this. Because well, we'll do it, Marianne. We'll pray. What a time. This is difficult time. That 12, 13, 14, 15-year-old span are so difficult, and that transition is hard. So I write the name Mary Ann from Kentucky, her 13-year-old daughter. I'm going to lead us in prayer for her right now. Father, I thank you for Mary Ann and her heart for her daughter. And I pray for that daughter that she is uh, standing for you. And, Father, I pray that she would understand that sometimes we have to stand alone and But really, we're not because the Holy Spirit of God is in us, and he has come in. to. He's that one that comes alongside of. He, he doesn't leave us as orphans. And I pray she would, she would grow in you. I pray she would lean upon you in your word. I pray that the word of God would be a strong tower for her, that you're that strong tower, that you're that defense. And she would run to you each time that anyone would even begin to to mock or make fun of her. May she stand strong in the power of your might. May she be uh, lifted up and God whisper in her ear, I love you. I love you. And may she hear that voice and may she follow you. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Mary Ann. Thank you for calling today. Let's go to Oklahoma. David, welcome. Thank you. Uh, I would like to ask for prayer for my son and his wife. Uh, they are deeply involved in alcohol, and they've got a three-year-old daughter, and my wife and I are having to intervene sometimes in their situation, and we just like prayer for them and for us. Man, David, we'll do that. And when grandchildren are involved, it amplifies the pain. And and so Jan's going to lead us in prayer right now. Dear Father, we just pray right now for David. We know that he's burdened for that three-year-old grandchild. And Father, I just pray that you will 
um, convict that son and daughter-in-law, father, that are living their life, um, not thinking about the outcome for their their daughter. And father, it's so hard for grandparents to stand by and watch anything that uh, might might be taking place that can um, change this child's um, future or her outlook. And Father, I thank you that the grandparents are there and able to intervene at times. But for Father, more than anything, we we want their hearts changed, that they can realize that they are just um, honestly they're they're swapping the best for something that the world thinks is good, but it's not lasting, Father. And I just pray, Lord, that um, as a kid that was in influenced by this kind of stuff from one parent. Um, Father, I know how difficult it is, so I pray, Lord, that you will just do a mighty work in this couple's life, that they will realize that they're not doing, um, not living the way that they should. And I pray, Lord, if they're not safe, that they will come to realize that and recognize their lifestyle and that they need you for help. And I just pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Jan. Thank you, David. Let's go to Texas. Larry, welcome. Yes, sir. Hello. Yes, you're on. Thank you for calling today, Larry. Thank you. I just wanted to uh, to send out a prayer request for my son, Mark. He's a United States Marine, and uh, we haven't spoken to him in four months. He got a girl pregnant and told us about it, and his mother and I let him know we were displeased with it, and he cut us off entirely. Okay. Write this down. His name is Mark Marine. Uh, cutting off. Father, I pray. I pray for Larry that you'll give him wisdom. Uh, sometimes in letting our children know of our displeasure, many times disappointment, uh, even when they that person knows they've done wrong, they go the opposite way away from us. Father, I pray that Mark would would do what the prodigal son did and come to himself, come to the end of himself. I heard earlier uh, on this week concerning a, a issue of about getting to the bottom and hitting rock bottom, and when they get there, may they land on the rock of Jesus Christ. Father, I pray for Mark during this time that he would turn to you and I pray that he would he would seek what you would have him to do now. And I pray for Larry and his wife that they would reach out and let the, him know that you're still our son. We still love you. We want the best for you. And uh, being disappointed does not mean disowning. And I, I pray that Mark would turn to you and turn back to the parents communicating in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Larry, for calling. Let's go to Mississippi. Kim, welcome. Hey, Brother Bert and Jan. Thank you so much for taking my call. I have a dear, dear, precious little girl. Her name is Chrissy Munn. Um, she is a very good family friend. We're not blood kin, but I feel like we're blood kin. And she was diagnosed a couple of weeks ago with a stage 4 melanoma and she's, again, 38, has three beautiful kids, a wonderful husband, and she's just dearly loved by our church, by our community. She's a teacher in our little town, and, again, they're just precious people. And this is just one of those things that I'm just, I just 
it's made our hearts very heavy right now, and it's one of those things that we don't understand, Brother Bert, but we just want to pray for strength and for courage and for peace and for her to know in her heart that she's got so, so many people in our town and just all over praying for her and how much we love her. And I just appreciate the prayer for Christy and her family. Thank you, Kim. And uh, I, I want to tell you, drawing a church together, praying for someone like this, God can do a great work in her life and in the life of the church. And we're going to be praying for that. Father, I pray right now for Chrissy that you would touch her life. I know the cancer is there, stage four. It sounds difficult and hard, even beyond our imagination. But Father, I pray that you would intervene however you will, through therapy, through touching her life, whatever it might be for those children that she has, how it hurts for a community, for a church. Father, I pray that you would draw them together and and they agree with one another that they're going to come to you asking you, Father, to, to touch her life however you would desire to do so. Father, we pray for her. Thank you for Kim being thoughtful enough and a friend enough to not just pray herself but ask nationwide people all over, praying and asking God to touch her lives. Father, hear our prayer, and we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Kim. Let's go to North Carolina. Is it Pasquale? Yeah, this is Pasquale. How are you doing, my brother? Doing well. How can we pray for you today? Yeah, my prayer is about my marriage. I've been married for about a year now. And it seems that about a month ago, we started having issue. We'd been having issue, but it just got out of control right now. And that my wife is badly hurt. She just did decide to go and visit her family. And she's coming down. We're staying together, though, except that she doesn't feel anything right now because she is badly hurt. I mean, I committed some bad stuff, but I regret and I repent. I ask God that he forgives me. And I believe he already did forgive me, but I just want to get my marriage together with my two boys boys okay. and right now it's not good it's not good for me but i just ask god's will be done on my life Pasquale, we're going to pray and and see and ask god to do a great work in your life and Pasquale, let me just share this before we pray god not only can forgive you but god can change you and those issues that drove her away she needs to see the strength in you to see that you are adjusting and God's doing that work. And we're going to pray for that. Jan, would you pray for Pasquale? Dear Father, we come to you praying for Pasquale. We know that he has admitted his wrong. And uh, so many times there's consequences to, to our sin. And Lord, I do pray that you will be with his wife somehow, heal her wounds, um, Father, bring the right people into her life that can steer her the right way and that can um, just help help her through this time of hurt. And it does take time because she's grieving. She's had a loss in her life, and I pray that Pasquale will continue to pray for her and to be kind to her. And, um, Lord, we just thank you that you do have forgiveness for us for um, when we sin, that you can cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And we do pray, Lord, that he will be willing to wait on your timing 
And uh, we pray for these boys, Father, that you'll just heal them as well because it, um, it affects them as well. And I, I just pray for this family, Lord, that somehow, miraculously, you can put them back together. And uh, But that that the waiting time that he will get close to you, you tell us that if we'll draw close to you, you'll draw close to us. And, Father, I pray that he will come close to you, seek your will and your word, pray to you, and, Lord, just learn during this time. And I pray that she'll be able to see a difference in his life. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you. Lisa from Mississippi, how can we pray for you? Hi, sir. Um, can you pray for my son? He received Christ back in 2012, but he is, I think, fallen away. I don't know if he really, truly got saved. He says he's not worried about going to hell or anything. And my husband and I are having a lot of problems. We're going to pray for you. We're also going to pray for Rhonda. Rhonda, I see that you called in. We're not going to have time, but we see for that daughter that's in that abusive relationship. We're praying for both of them right now. Father, I pray for Lisa, that son, that at least had a consciousness to to respond to you. We don't know how deep it was, but Father, I pray that you would work in his life for right now. Draw him to yourself. And Father, from Rhonda from Tennessee, we didn't get to talk to her, but Marty did. And, and I'm thankful that she would call in. I pray for that daughter that's in that abusive relationship. Father, protect her. And uh, Father, in abuse, there's got to be some separation. And I pray that you would lead her to do what she needs to do at that time and change that husband heart, Father, that man that he could see that what he's doing is so wrong. Father, we pray for others that are pray, that are hurting today, for their children, for their uh, sons and daughters and grandchildren. We pray for this in Jesus' name. Amen. Jan, thank you for being with us today. Glad to be here. And I may ask you again, are you going to be willing <laughs> now that you're experienced? Uh, yeah, we'll see. Oh, okay. <laughs> thank you for listening to Exploring the Word. And we're going to be back tomorrow with a special program. You don't want to miss it. Again, tell someone about exploring the Word, but more importantly, tell them about Jesus.